Hi, Christina here. Before the episode starts, I just want to let everyone know that over on Twitch, we are doing a celebration movie night. We are hitting two years on the 25th of November. And to celebrate, we're going to have a spooky movie night on the 25th. It's a Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific Center time. So if you want to join, Twitch is free. You just have to make an account to be able to chat. Uh, but to watch the movies, you do have to have Amazon Prime because Mr. Bezos isn't just going to let us watch a movie for free. So if you have Prime and you want to join for a movie night with us, our patron members are still voting on which movie we're going to watch. But it will be on Twitch. So you can go to twitch.tv slash spooky underscore Christina. That's going to be in the show notes. And just hit follow. You'll be notified whenever we go live. We try to do movie nights once a month. Last month didn't happen. But we're going to do it this month for sure as a celebration for hitting two years. Thanks for listening and for keeping the podcast going for two years. And make sure you check out uh, movie night on Friday the 25th. We are. We are. We are Cultivate. 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 We are Cultivate. Hi, everyone. This is Christina. And this is MJ. And this is another episode of Spooky Tales, the podcast all about spooky things. Today, we have some lovely guests with us, and they have some uh, stories from us. I will let them introduce themselves. Uh, They are great. Uh, Go ahead. All right. Hi, this is Isela. I am one half of the hosts of Technically a Conversation. And I'm Jose, the other half of Technically a Conversation. And tell us about your podcast. So our podcast is definitely for those people that like to learn a different topic every week. It's very similar to your spookies. Uh, We've covered everything from... You know, some like Malora and some other things that kind of overlap in topic structure. You know, even things of history, like the history of Barbie. (laughs) I got to listen to that one. (laughs) Oh, my God. Dude, she was kind of a hooker, dude. Anyway. (laughs) Love it. So anyway, there's there's so many topics. They're so vast. I mean, there's bound to be one for everybody. Yeah. And when we started off, we kind of didn't know what we were doing. So we just (laughs) kind of covered whatever was interesting. But we noticed that we would tend to lean towards some of the darker aspects of uh, humanity, for better or for worse. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Most of our episodes are a little dark. It sounds like my uh, other podcast I have with Carmen, um, Historias Unknown, all horrible history uh, stories that are just leave us mad by the end of it. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like a merge of like Historias Unknown and Spooky Tales because uh, a lot of the, uh, some of the <laughs> topics you've talked about on Technically a Conversation, I was like, oh, that's on my topic list for Historias Unknown. So love it. Uh, but yeah, if you like a Spooky Tales, I'm sure that you will like Technically a Conversation. So yeah, please check them out. Um, and I did pull up a quick listener story before you guys tell us your stories. Yay. Excellent. And it's a very short one. So this was sent in to me via Instagram. If you have a story that you want us to share on the podcast, you can email espiquitos at gmail.com or send us a DM on any of our socials. I've said it many times. I do prefer email. It's just easier to keep track of because I'm not an organized person. <laughs> <laughs> so this person said, I posted a picture of like a, a house. Someone... um share some like thing on Twitter. It was like a house that they removed the carpet and there was this giant pentagram underneath it. And they were like, I guess I got to move now. <laughs> so um, after I posted that on our stories, this person said, oh, OMFG. This is just like a story my dad told me that when he was younger, he lived in a trailer and it was in the middle of the night. 
and his brother's room was right next to him, there was this loud bang. So he went in there all angry, asking him why he's making all that noise. And he said my uncle was freaked out and told him that his bed just lifted up off the ground and slammed back down. And sure enough, there was a pentagram underneath the carpet on top of or where his bed sat on. Oh, my God. That is That's super crazy. Ew. That's wild. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not cool. <laughs> you know, like half of my clothes has pentagrams on there, though. And like nothing crazy or creepy has ever happened to me. So, well, aren't the pentagrams supposed to be like protection? Yeah, they're not. Uh, they're not supposed to be like all satanic and scary, but we, that's just what they've become now. Yeah, <laughs> but like originally, right? I think originally it was supposed to be actually something that was the complete opposite of what it stands for today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so on Monday, if you're listening to this on Friday when we released this episode. Go over to Technically in Conversation on Monday because we told some stories that we haven't told on a Spooky Tales over there. It was a great time, super fun. So make sure that you go over there on Monday to listen uh, to us on their podcast. Yay. All right. I, do you want to go first, Jose? I can go ahead and, and go first if you like. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay. So I went ahead and I looked through some of the topics that y'all have covered. And it doesn't look like y'all have covered this topic yet. And I really hope that you're not familiar with this story. We'll see. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers here. So I'm going to start off by asking you all some questions. This is kind of what we do on our podcast. Okay. Mm -hmm. On our podcast, we don't let, um, you know, when Isela hosts, she doesn't let me know beforehand what her topic's going to be and vice versa. Okay. So I'll ask you all some questions here. As kids, did you ladies ever envision or fantasize about getting married and having the perfect wedding dress and even having your mind what that perfect wedding dress would look like? No. <laughs> no, I did have cousins who had like a little like book and they would cut out like wedding pictures and put them on and they'd be like, oh, when I get married. But I I never cared. But yeah, I never did that either. <laughs> I didn't. I, yeah. But I mean, it was a thing people were interested in. Yeah. <laughs> other girls, the other girls. <laughs> I guess I'm a weirdo because as a kid... <laughs> I always envisioned <laughs> that if I got married, I wanted to look something like out of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay, but I love that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're here for that. Yeah. We're here for it. <laughs> I even envisioned it looking like something like that novela, Corazón Salvaje. Are you all familiar with that? Yes. Christina, yes. I know you like to do novelas. I do. I Yeah, I watched all of it when it, came, when it aired. Yeah, so I really like that old-fashioned gothic look. Much like the Joker, I've always had a penchant for the theatrical, minus the clown stuff <laughs> and the murdering. <laughs> good, good, yes. <laughs> of course, as an adult, my tastes have naturally matured a little, and I feel like if I could convince a potential partner to do a zombie-themed wedding, that's how I would know that we were meant to be. I had found the person to make me whole. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. So y'all never envisioned how you wanted your wedding to be? My husband's even lucky. <laughs> yes, my husband's lucky. <laughs> I even got married. I was like, no, it'll marriage. <laughs> I had like a 30 second wedding. Uh, I We eloped. Uh, yeah. So no. <laughs> well, then y'all probably never fantasized about crazy or weird things that might happen on your wedding day. Or maybe as the, the wedding day approached, did you start thinking... Oh, what's like the worst thing that could happen? No, but I want, I love telenovelas where someone would like burst in and be like, 
you can't marry this person. Stop the wedding. <laughs> that, I love watching it, but no, I never thought I'm about it. I'm pregnant by him. <laughs> I'm the side piece. <laughs> That's my husband. <laughs> He's already married <laughs> to me. Oh my God. We should write it in the guys. I know. I was like, hey, girls, after this, let's get together. Yeah. <laughs> the weird thing on my wedding day was the fact that there was a wedding day. <laughs> I was like, okay. It's a weird thing. <laughs> That's me getting married. <laughs> I've envisioned what the worst possible thing could be. Again, because I'm weird. And since I'm <laughs> unlovable, I think my biggest fear would be to be left at the altar. Oh. That's been in telenovelas. Yeah. <laughs> that has been a telenovela thing too. Yeah. Being left to the yeah. altar. So. That's probably where I got that idea from because my mom used to live by novelas. <laughs> Second worst fear is having uncontrollable diarrhea right as the service starts. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's terrifying. Yes. Wow. I always envisioned being like the guy from Van Wilder in the trash can in front of everybody. Like, I weigh. I'm bleeding. <laughs> that's gross. It's took a turn. Like, what's it called? You're so nervous you get flatulence. Yeah. Oh, no. Exactly. Fart up there while you're saying I do. I <laughs> feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you man. bet your ass I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, sadly, the worst thing that could have happened happened to the daughter of Pascuala Esparza from Chihuahua, Mexico, in March of 1930. I'm very familiar with this. <laughs> You've heard about this? I love this yes. story, yes. <laughs> but we haven't shared it on the podcast, so this is exciting. I, this is a story that, uh, yeah, one of my favorites. Sorry to interrupt <laughs> you, but yes, I love this story. Awesome, okay. I tried to find the daughter's name, but it appears to have been lost to time. On the day of her wedding... It said that she was bitten by a black widow, causing her to die. I also read another account that she was bitten by a scorpion and died on her way to the altar. Either way, she dead. <laughs> Pascuala owned a bridal shop in Chihuahua, which you can still visit to this day. It's called La Popular, La Casa de Pascualitas, Novias, Quinceañeras y Accesorios. I love a long name. I, yeah, <laughs> That's true to form. That's how we are. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On March 25th, 1930, a mannequin went up in Pascuala's bridal boutique that had been causing a controversy for the past 90 years. At first, people were impressed by how lifelike the mannequin looked. It's a lot more lifelike than anything that you'll find at Macy's or Kohl's or any of those other department stores. Do you all know what is Macy's and Kohl's? <laughs> Oh, what yeah. are those vintage words you're speaking? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we just dated ourselves. Thanks a lot, Jose. <laughs> no, I think Sears would have been more dated because all the Sears are gone. No, there was uh, Mervyn's. Did you ever? Did you guys ever go to Mervyn's? <laughs> yes, that yeah, that is dated. No, what was the other one? Scotch or something like that? Oh, Cot I don't know. Oh, that one. Oh, it's like a like a high end uh, store where they high end. That's why I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Is it Oshkosh Bagosh or something? Oshkosh? I don't know. I can't remember. It was something like that. <laughs> yeah, with me, I used to fuck with Montgomery Ward. That was my shit. Oh. I don't know what that yeah. is. It's like a Mervyn's, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. You said Mervyn's, so I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the people that would pass by at first 
um, not Mervyn's, but <laughs> La Popular, <laughs> were stricken by how lifelike this mannequin was. The next thing that was noticed was how much the mannequin bore a striking resemblance to Pascuala's daughter. And the coincidence that the mannequin went up a few days after her daughter's death. The controversy that it caused is people wondering if she's not really a mannequin, but Pascuala's embalmed daughter. Nice. A literal corpse bride, since she's modeling a wedding dress. Uh -huh. And the pictures of this thing are haunting. I'll give Christina and MJ the sources so they can put them on their show notes. The hands are the creepiest. Yes. They have all the creases and swirls uh -huh. and little marks that you would expect to see on real hands. They even have fucking nails. No, I want to see this now. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes so that you all can see it. Okay. Or on uh, the... The chat? Yeah. Yeah, I've, see, I've, uh, I've seen too many videos on this and pictures. and But yeah, the hands are so realistic. Yeah, they're super crazy. People, people say to see them move. Ooh. Oh, I need, oh my gosh, I'm so intrigued. <laughs> now, the detail is, is in much more than the hands. People who have worked for this bridal boutique and have seen this mannequin close up have stated that it even has visible varicose veins on her legs. <laughs> Sonia Burciaga, a shop worker who has to change the mannequin's outfit twice a week, stated that her palms would get all sweaty whenever she would get near La Pascualita, as this mannequin has come to be known, and that she believes the mannequin was actually a real person. Others who have worked there have stated that her eyes seem to follow you around the store. <gasps> mm -hmm. Other workers have stated that they see her in a certain position, but when they turn to look at her again, she's in a different position. Right. Much to what you were saying, Cristina. Mm -hmm. There is a legend that La Pascualita started out as just a regular mannequin, but a traveling French magician became so enamored by the bridal mannequin that he would visit her window each night and bring her to life. They would then go around the town dancing before returning her to the storefront each morning. Now, I don't know why they made it a point to mention that it was a French magician. They were like, we had to make this guy a weird French person. Yeah. It, it cannot be a Mexican. <laughs> it can't be Mexican. Who's weird? French. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, I don't think it's common knowledge that French magicians typically bring <laughs> mannequins to life and dance around town with them. Like a straight-to-streaming Disney Plus movie. I don't know. Maybe they are just weird, as you all said. <laughs> that has to be it. <laughs> now, there have been several experts, such as funeral directors and morticians, that have examined the mannequin. And even though they overwhelmingly agree that it's not a corpse, the consensus is not unanimous. Mm. The experts that claim that it's not a corpse say that for a corpse to look this pristine, the embalming must be flawless, the body must be kept in a controlled environment and constant work would need to be done on the corpse. An example that they give is Vladimir Lenin's body, which is on display in Russia. It's incredibly preserved, but it is in a controlled environment and has to be re-embalmed every other year in a weeks-long process where it's submerged in a chemical bath. Whoa. Wow. In 2016, the Russian government spent $200,000 to complete this process. Wow. And this is something that isn't possible with a corpse being kept in a small town window, especially over the course of 90 years. Those that claim that it is a real corpse point to the discoloration in the hands and how the cuticles have dried out and drawn back from the nail beds, much like the hands of a corpse would. In 2017, La Pascualita was gone for nine months when the owners lent her out to an antiques exhibit. When she was returned in 2018, 
many noticed that the mannequin that returned wasn't the same one that left. This caused such an uproar in the community that the local newspaper ran a front page story on the change. There have been no explanations or answers as to what happened to the original or why it was replaced. According to a website called Faxology, there was an unverified claim on the Pascualita Instagram that stated that while restoring La Pascualita at the antiques exhibit, it was discovered that she was a cadaver this whole time, so a replica was made. <gasps> I tried doing mm. some detective work. <laughs> I went through like every post on the Pascualita's Instagram page, <laughs> but I was not able to find this one post. Oh, that's weird. Suspicious. Yeah, it is suspicious. It appears like the Instagram page was playing up the mystery and claiming that they wanted their Pascualita back, but no official statement has been made by the owners of La Popular. And looking at the pictures, it is clear that the mannequin is very different. It's not the same one that was there before. Yeah. Weird. I also love how the town, there was like a big uproar. And they're like, we need her back. What the hell? <laughs> oh, yeah. Las pa La Pascualita is like an icon in, in Chihuahua and the storefront. And I, I wonder if there's still, if the stories of La Pascualita now like being seen moving or following, if they're still said with this new mannequin or not anymore. I would imagine not anymore. Right, if it's different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't read anything about the new Pascualita mannequin because I was curious about that too, if people were reporting the same thing. But I think since we're coming back from like a post-COVID era, I don't think there's that, as many people going to visit it as there once was. Mm. Plus with the change, like I remember I did a TikTok about La Pascualita a while back and someone, a bunch of comments were like, it's not her anymore. And I was like, I know, I, I have the old pictures on my video, not the new one. Um, So the new Pascualita is not as liked. Nobody likes her. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so interesting. But she definitely was an icon on some sources I saw where she was referred to as La Novia de Mexico. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she was very well loved and adored, I guess. But also people were scared of her, but she was, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I read that the, the uh, employees never lasted in the store. People would quit often because they were, like, scared of La Pascualita. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah. Shit. I would be terrified, too. Yeah. Yeah. I would not want to see it moving. Uh, I would go, if if the old mannequin was still there and I happened to be in the area, I would go see her. But I would not want to work there where you have to go back after seeing her potentially move, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, thank you. Yeah, you're like, move when my back is towards you. <laughs> Please do all yeah. that back there. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I've been to Chihuahua so many times, but I didn't know that she was there. I mean, I would have gone had I known. <gasps> Same. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been a while, actually. I feel like I'm due for a, a trip in Mexico. That would be really cool. I was just in Guadalajara at the beginning of October, and um, I had planned on going to like all the spooky places we've talked about about in Guadalajara but then I was like you know first my kids were with me and because we we they go everywhere we go and so we, we would all have to hop on a taxi and I was like I don't want to go and then have like some ghosts attach themselves to my kids <laughs> but I went to I mean I went to El Panteón de Belén as a kid our, our tía took us to the haunted tour and we were like <laughs> 10 or some shit yeah uh but i mean that only cemented my my love for all this but it was it was i mean it was a super cool tour but i think if i go back i would not want to take them with me because they're still small because mm -hmm. i was a little older right. when we went but uh, i wanted to go to all like all the El Panteón de Belén, the the la casa de los perros like all these different places because they're 
it's like a 30 minute bus ride from where my uh grandparents live but um but I didn't so yeah I that sentiment of like I was there but I didn't go so <laughs> oh, dark. well maybe when your kids are older I'll just leave them no <laughs> that might be a better plan it's cheaper (laughs) yeah it's true the story that i wanted to share was actually like a local one here and still kind of keeping it latino because remember in el paso this was mexico before it was america touche we've talked about el paso too so (laughs) yeah you guys mentioned it was really cool you guys mentioned the um, el paso high story so that was really cool oh that reminds me a listener commented that they listened to that episode and that they were they went to the school and that it is haunted according to this listener so i believe you (laughs) yeah there's a lot of stories about um in fact i I have an article i'll send it to you guys where people have just been you know they're like taking pictures in front of the the school or whatever looking cute and then there's like a fucking little girl looking outside the windows (laughs) of like the it's like creepy as hell no (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Anyway, but the one I wanted to talk about today was, um, so we have a really cool old theater here and it first opened uh, September 12th, 1930. It was like state of the art and like a whole bunch of money was put into it. And in fact, and I didn't even know this until I was like doing the research, it said that it was the largest at the time um, between Dallas and L.A. Wow. That was like our claim to fame, okay, I guess, for, yeah. <laughs> for that that time. The outside looks like a Spanish mission. The interior has like mosaic tiled floors. It's really, really pretty. Um, but after the Great Depression, it went into some serious hard times. It was eventually sold in 1970. Well, in 1978, in an El Paso Times article, Ed Kimball said that at least two ghosts haunted. Ooh. Mm. One of them uh, is the spirit of a young lady who lived in the house where the theater is now. She was married to some kind of big shot, high ranking official. And he was like one of those really, really jealous types, you know, Mm. typical Mexican. I'm just kidding. I don't want to say that. No, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. El machismo. Andale, that's that's true. (laughs) In fact, he was said that he built their house in such an isolated spot from like where the rest of the city had started to grow just to keep her away from like other suitors or just basically other guys. Ooh, okay. And in one of his moments of rage, he accused her of having an affair and he strangled her and set the house on Ah. fire. And then homie just rode off. Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. And her ghost has been seen watering the artificial flowers, which coincidentally is exactly where the garden was, where um where she lived in the wow, house. Wow, when mm. it was her house. Ooh, I know. And then as far as the other ghost is concerned, um, this one's a man who said that he died there of a heart attack. It said that he had gotten up and he was looking for a water fountain, but he died before he could reach one. And interestingly... There are water fountains that go off, oh, but like no one touching no, it. Yeah. that sucks. He's forever so looking creepy. for water. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh my no. God. That's so funny. That's exactly oh what it said. It said. He's eternally looking for yeah, water. Like, poor sucks. guy. Yeah. yeah. So those are, that's, that's one of them anyway. Uh, and that happened when it was a theater then, not like something else? Yeah, that happened when it was a theater. So we have one. That sucks. Yeah. yeah, the first one of the lady is when she lived there. And then the other one is, is definitely when it was a theater. 
And it's actually still a theater. They ended up renovating it and stuff. It's it's gorgeous. It's so, so Ooh, pretty. But okay. creepy. Yeah. Gonna have to go there one day. Yeah. No, it's actually really pretty. You let me know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Casper. Cheese. <laughs> Hi. Right. <laughs> My eternal friend. <laughs> We're buddies now. We're yeah. looking for water together. <laughs> and the other story i have is um so we have a school that's also still open and it's called loretto academy but when it was first opened in 1938 it was also a boarding school Ooh. and uh, the boarding part shut down in 1975 but it's rumored that one of the nuns <gasps> got pregnant <gasps> And this wasn't like La Virgen. See, this is not like La Virgen part two. Yeah, it wasn't an immaculate conception. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, and a couple of the versions of the stories, this is like kind of where they like, they deviate. Some say that she was so distraught and like completely depressed. She didn't know what to do that she went up the bell tower and she threw herself off. Always bell towers. <laughs> I know, it's always a yep. bell tower. <laughs> and many claim to see her ghost like plummeting down. Damn, okay. I know, it's that creepy. And the other story is that she was locked in the tower with no food or water, and that's how she died. Oh no, that's one somehow worse to me. <laughs> I know, right? That's mean. That's so mean. Why yeah. would you do that? Many claim to see her like pacing back and forth, I guess, when she was distraught, mm. trying to figure out what she was going to do, etc. One family who was driving by the academy said that they suddenly saw some weird mist that was starting to appear from the bell tower. And it was really clear that the mist was following the car. And wow. when they got home, it came out of the fireplace and it took the shape of a woman. It stared at the family for a short bit and started saying that the nuns had locked her in the tower with no food or water. My God. Get this. The spirit vowed to take revenge on the women who had left her to die. And then, boom, she was gone. Wow. Super creepy. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. And it's a really pretty place. Uh, my boyfriend's daughter went there for a little bit. And she said that there's a theater there that was, like, really creepy. Yeah, my sister went to high school there as well. Oh, did she have any stories? I'm sure she's probably told me, but, you know, me and my memory. So <laughs> okay. I don't remember. <laughs> Great, great. But fun fact about Loretto Academy. I don't know if you all are familiar with Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, mm -hmm. only because of TikTok. I didn't know about them before TikTok. <laughs> yeah, it went crazy. <laughs> yes, yes. They trended on TikTok a couple of years ago. That guy yeah, riding a skateboard. The skateboard guy. Yeah. yeah, with the yeah. Yes. yes. My dad used to listen to them. So. <laughs> well, they're a great band. I still like them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But their singer, Stevie Nicks, went to school there at Loretto Academy. <gasps> what? Mm. This is like, see, you guys have a, like a good excuse because you guys are not from here. I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> yeah, that's one of their claims to fame is that Stevie next went to school there at Loretto. Dude, I had no idea. Crazy. Oh, my God. That's so cool. I wonder okay. if they saw the ghosts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They would write a lot about spooky stuff. So oh. maybe it was influenced by what she would see there at Loretto. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> I want to say that she's from Arizona, but I think that her family was stationed here in El Paso for a while, and that's how she went there. Mm. She's not a native El Paso one. Oh, we don't get to claim her. Mm, Darn. Okay. okay. Yeah, we don't get to claim her, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so those are her stories. 
Loved both of them. Yay. I feel like I was going to say something about one of them, but I already forgot. So it's, the moment's gone. It's not going to come back. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> I feel like it was about El Paso, but yeah, I don't remember anymore. My child came in at some point and let the dog in. And so I had to meet myself and whatever train of thought I had when that was happening, it's gone now. I can't be interrupted or I will forget. Yeah. yeah. Blame my child. <laughs> <laughs> like a good mom that's what we do yeah no uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> welcome to our little haunted break i want to give a shout out to the amazing patrons supporting us over on patreon and especially our newest patrons alex and asriel and thank you to the rest of our amazing patrons maribel gina mimi diana ashes and Janie, michelle Monica, Modesto, Perla, Jesenia, Dalia, Rene, Iris, Ghostrin, and Madtown Charity. Your support means the world to us. If you want to join the Patreon, go ahead and head on over to patreon.com slash tales. You'll gain access to bonus episodes. We try to do two a month, but always at least one. You get to vote on the movie night uh, polls where you choose the movie night that we're going to be watching and monthly goodies like stickers. And if you join the highest tier, no mames, super serious and spooky, then you get an exclusive keychain. But don't worry, if you cannot support us monetarily, then you are not missing out on anything. The best support that you can give us is just listening to our episodes here. So thank you for doing that. Do you ever wonder what was there before Dodger Stadium? Or how hard shell tacos are actually pretty Mexican? Or how about the horrible history behind international adoption in Guatemala? Join us, Carmen and Christina, as we tell each other stories about capitalism, corruption, obscure history, and sometimes all three. Usually all three. Listen to Historias Unknown, new episodes every Thursday, available in your favorite podcast app. And at historiasunknown.com. So I have another story that I don't believe y'all have covered. So hopefully this one you're not familiar with. We'll see. No. (laughs) (laughs) And this one I'm probably going to have to re-say certain lines because it's got a lot of weird words. Beginning (laughs) with the name of this entity, which is called La Tlahualpuchi. Are you familiar with her? Yeah, it's like a vampire witch. Yes. It is exactly a vampire witch. Did you all cover it on your episode? We briefly talked about her when we did our literature episode, but it was so it was just like a side note, like also like a mention. Yeah. So it was so brief. Yeah. I have done a TikTok Mm -hmm. on it, but those are so short that it also was so brief. So excited to hear. Um, But yeah, we I I do know of it. It's I feel like at this point, it's hard to be surprised because I read way too much about all this. But I don't know. I don't know everything. So I, I'm sure I haven't heard a lot of this. Yeah. I also have stories from family. Oh, wow. Oh, them. excellent. We haven't done an official. Uh, we don't have an official like episode on them. But yeah. So for those that are not familiar, La Tlahualpuchi, again, like you were saying, is a vampiric witch with origins going back to Tlaxcala, Mexico. The name is Nahuatl, which is Mexica language and means luminous incense burner. Some of the things that set her apart from the boorish, run-of-the-mill vampires is that she has lycanthropic powers, so she has the ability to shapeshift or turn into other animals. Mm. Shapeshifting vampires Mm. is not totally unique, but the way she changes shape is, and I'll go ahead and touch on that in, in a little bit. Also, rather than living in a coffin like her Transylvanian counterparts, she lives with her human family and goes out at night to suck 
the blood of infants. <laughs> According to Monster Fandom, Tlawalpuchis are usually always female, although male Tlawalpuchis are not totally unheard of, just very rare. They are the product of a curse and from the onset of puberty are required to feed on blood at least once a month or they will die. When they feed, however, they kill their victim, which is usually an infant, although they have been known to prey on small animals as well. It is said that la Tawalpuchi has a sort of glowing halo, but I guess it must be very subtle because the legend also claims that there's no way to tell apart a Tawalpuchi from a regular person unless you catch it in the act. Mm. If you do manage to see one and think that you can kill it, don't even try. Because if you do kill it, her curse will be passed on to a member of your family. Mm. And sadly, you can't choose your tia Paquita or your primo <laughs> Cuquito. You can't choose which one. Oh, no. <laughs> the one that, yeah, the one that wronged you. Yeah. You can't choose a tia or primos that siempre te están jodiendo. You can't choose the one fighting over los terrenos. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Or the racist one. It's like, why can't the oh racist God. one get yeah. it? <laughs> that would be awesome. That would... That would be who I would pick, the racist uncle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but sadly, no. It seems like the curse chooses someone from the family at random. Now, remember how I was saying that it could change shapes? She has a ritual that she must do before entering her victim's house. She must fly over the house in the form of a cross from north to south and then from east to west. She does this by separating her body from her legs and transforming it to a turkey or vulture. It didn't specify if half of her body turned into one turkey and flew east to west, and the other half <laughs> of her body flew north to south. To vulture, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Now, logistically, that's what would make sense to me, but I can also imagine her legs attaching to her back and turning into wings, which actually sounds kind of horrifying. Yeah. Other sources claim that the legs are left behind, and when she returns from her blood meal, the legs reattach to the body. So I guess if you encounter some random legs just hanging out in the middle of the floor, they might belong to La Tlamalpuchi. Have either of you ladies ever stumbled upon a random pair of legs in the middle of the night? <laughs> Can't say that I have. Not yet. Who knows, though? You know. Nope. Not yet. It's on my bucket list. <laughs> Not on mine, but yeah. <laughs> we recently covered the, um, the CISO Hotel and we were talking about the Black Dahlia. How she was mm. bisected at the waist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, that was the uh, first thing that came to my mind. Ooh, yeah. Like most vampires, she's repelled by garlic. In addition, she's also repelled by onions. And I can imagine her food must taste very bland. Because I put garlic and onions in everything. Yeah. I don't care if my breath smells like shit or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and aren't, aren't witches also like... Which is also, or like, what's it called? The salt? Like, oh, yeah, they can't they cross can't... it or something, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Or something. So it's like very blend. Oh, that's true. Oh, my God. <laughs> you take out all the condiments that make food taste good. Yeah. Yeah. But I bet their veins are healthy as fuck. <laughs> that blood pressure <laughs> is <true>. good. Yeah. <laughs> Spectacular. <laughs> I actually didn't read anything about La Tlahualpuchi being repelled by salt. But I know that she is also repulsed by metal. Yeah. And not the music as most women sadly are, but the actual <laughs> material. <laughs> yeah, they used to put, um, in a lot of uh, like ranchos, they used to put uh, a pair of scissors open underneath baby's cribs to uh, repel uh, wit witches. 
which I mm-hmm. it usually ah. didn't say Tlahuelpuchi, but um, brujas are also said to, in general, brujas are said to um, suck the, or want newborns, or suck the blood of newborns. And so mm-hmm. in the morning, if you wake up and there was um, a tongue, because they would say, they would say they would come from the roof and they would like cut a hole in the roof and from there somehow like extend their lengua, I don't know, all the way to the, to oh, wow. the baby. And so uh, in the morning when they would go check on the baby, if there was just like a tongue there on the floor, it's because the bruja tried, but the scissors were there to protect the baby. Uh, so they would just oh, place wow. those underneath cribs, uh, back, you know, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And maybe people still do it, but yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's actually what what, what I was going to talk about is that. Oops. No, <laughs> no, 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 that's <laughs> fine. Feeling your notes. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Is that something that maybe you all did when you had kids? Maybe like a superstition that you would hear from your aunts or... I heard that from my mom, but um, I don't think anyone of my families practiced that. Because there are stories. My family does have stories. Back in Zacatecas, I think they did it. But ever since coming here, I don't know. The brujas didn't follow us, I guess, because nobody does it here. We did wear (laughs) the little... Um, bracelets for like mal de ojo yeah i don't have any of my mm. kids which i've been yeah. meaning to or the red bracelets yeah that's i mean like just red anything like a red bracelet or a red oh yeah mm. yeah one thing or... we do do a lot is if like my kids have hiccups just put a little piece of paper on here did you guys ever do no. that no. no i didn't do that no yeah i get supposed to get rid of hiccups i don't know if it works but my my dad has always done it and so he just does it to my kids and now i he i just do it because he did it too and I mean, sometimes, I don't know if just uh, it's like you think it, it's going to work and then it does, but it seems to do it even if it doesn't. I'm just like, all right, here's a little piece of paper. <laughs> that's so cool. It's a little tradition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So personally, that struck me by surprise because that's something that I didn't grow up with well, as far as the scissors. Mm. And I remember thinking, mm-hmm. you know, scissors near a crib. What could possibly go wrong, right? What's underneath, you know? It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> They're little infants. They can't grab them yet, you know? <laughs> I would, like, put them under, like, the mattress, maybe. I don't know. Like, you know, just still there. This is the one telltale how you, how you can tell that Jose doesn't have kids. He's like, wait, like, how, how old are they? <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, yeah. We're like, flat. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. I don't know when we have gates that block the living room so the kids can't get out. Um, and I, I got rid of it when my um, oldest was, I don't know, maybe two and a half because he didn't need that barrier anymore. Then he knew what to grab and what not to grab. Um, but then, you know, then I accidentally had my other kid. So <laughs> so the gates are back, right? The gates are back now. And um, but one day when we didn't have the gates, and I think I was pregnant at the time and we were cooking and, and like we were all distracted and we turned around. And then like my then, you know, two and a half or three year old was there holding like a giant knife. And he was like, hi, guys. And we were like, oh, oh shoot. Like, I'm just going to take this, like try not to freak out. So he didn't like throw it or drop it. But yeah, that was. um, Yeah, I could see why scissors when you. When they do grab a hold of them, you're like, oh, shit. But um, that just that reminded me of when my son randomly was holding a giant knife. (laughs) He looked like Chucky. (laughs) I got to make him Chucky one of these Halloweens. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. The Ghostbusters that you guys dressed up as was awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I was supposed to make more backpacks, but as always, I ran out of time. It was too ambitious for me. Um, I did make one one of them, though. So There you go. It was super cool. If you're paranoid like me and leaving uh, scissors around your child while they're in the crib, 
<laughs> Luckily, there's other things that you can also place around the child to protect them. Some people sleep with religious medallions or crosses around their necks or attach these religious items to their undergarments. It is especially called out the importance of placing scissors and religious stamps, medals, and crosses in the cradles of unbaptized babies to scare away la tlawalpuchi. Yes. Mm. That's what, yeah, that's like the easiest target for them. That makes sense. Yeah, apparently if you're unbaptized, then uh, la tlawalpuchi would, will want to make you their meal. Oh, wow. <laughs> Some people also sleep with mirrors around their bed, but I couldn't find anything about them being afraid of the reflection or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom does that, not around the bed, but um, you turn a mirror, like, uh, like if you have, say, the door, right? You put a mirror like backwards, like facing the door. So you have the back facing you and it's supposed to like the evil spirits get scared of themselves or they get trapped in the mirror because like mirrors are supposed to be a gateway. So they go in and then they come back out and they're still outside. They can't come in because it's like it loops them. Oh, Oh, very interesting. Yeah, that's a better theory than the one that I had. I was guessing that maybe like old timey mirrors were made out of metal back then. Oh, that, that could be too. Like, was it like, yeah, because I know like a lot of, uh, what is it? They use iron for witches and fairies. So that could be it too. Yeah. Very interesting. Although I like your theory, MJ. Yeah. But that's, that's the way I grew up. But you have to like face the mirror again to the wall and then it'll like loop them or something like that. Yeah. I've, I have heard that like mirrors could be like a portal or something like that. So I could see how they're just kind of passing from one. Yeah, from they just go into the mirror and then they're just like trapped in the mirror and then they try to come out and then they're outside, but they never can get in because they'll just loop them in a circle. Like they'll go from outside of your home to inside the mirror to outside of your home again to inside the mirror and it's like they can't get in. <laughs> Very cool. I'll have to keep that in mind uh, before I go to bed, place a mirror near my bed. <laughs> now in Puebla, it is said that animals that have been attacked by la Tlahualpuchi will sometimes glow brightly. They also don't usually attack shamans and other supernatural creatures, and it's said that they have a pact with them. Mm. People that are attacked by la tlawalpuchi, unfortunately, do not grow blightly. They also don't turn into other tlawalpuchi. They just simply die. The only hint of them being victims of la tlawalpuchi is that they'll have bruises on their neck. Mm. Now, the phrase tlawalpuchi is not very common now. The reason for that is that after the colonial era, Most people just started referring to them as witches, and the name kind of became lost to time. Mm -hmm. So now that you all know the history, would you like to hear a story? Ooh. Yes. Tell us, tell us. (laughs) Yes. According to an article on the Multo Ghost website, on October 8th, 1960, in the town of San Pedro, Slotola, in Tlaxcala, Mexico, Filemon and Francisca, a couple in their 30s, were getting ready to go to bed. They were both weavers and were working late making yarn. Filemon, exhausted, fell asleep immediately. But Francisca gave her infant daughter, Cristina, no relation to you, Cristina. (laughs) Hey, fellow Cristina. (laughs) (laughs) So Francisca gave her infant daughter, Cristina, one last breastfeeding before putting her to bed and going to sleep herself. Two or three hours later, Francisca woke up to an intense light moving around outside of her window. She tried to get up to investigate, but her body felt heavy and unresponsive, and she fell back asleep. She half woke up (laughs) a little later, and there was a strange mist in the room, and a blue and red chicken-like creature arose from the mist. 
Oh, no. <laughs> she tried getting up again, but she couldn't and fell back asleep. <laughs> Bitch is sleepy as hell. I just die now. It's the last reaction. I, I'm like, this chick is narcoleptic. This is what's going on. <laughs> I want to say it's like a trance. And she would have helped her daughter if she could. But she physically couldn't. Because otherwise you're like, what the? Yeah. Go get your baby, girl. Like, your baby's in danger. What are you doing? Sleeping? Exactly. <laughs> so, so uh, Francisca went into her trance and fell asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Philemon woke up at about 6 a.m. and noticed that the door to the room was partially opened. Their baby Cristina was lying on the floor next to the door. Francisca Dormilona was still fast asleep. <laughs> oh my God, Francisca. Philemon struggled for several minutes to wake her up. And when she finally woke up, Philemon had to break the bad news. Aye. Their baby Cristina was dead. The skin around her chest and neck was purplish, and her chest was covered in scratches. <gasps> La Tlaualpuchi had sucked the life out of her. Aww. That same December 9th morning, six other mothers were awoken from their trance-like sleep to the same gruesome discovery. Aww. Wow. In total, seven infant lives were claimed. Oh, that's sad. It is. It was being referred to as La Tlaualpuchi epidemic. Wow. Now, I do have a theory as to what this is. It's not a theory that I came up with myself. It's not like the mirror theory. <laughs> I do have somebody that studied this for, for over a decade. But before we discuss the theory as to what could have been the cause of these seven infants, deaths, and other similar cases, would you ladies like to take a guess, a gander, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> at what might have caused their deaths? I do have a theory or a guess in general with all these bruja stories and babies um, that and I I think it explains SIDS. I think I, it's the same thing. It's SIDS? the same thing I'm thinking, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's, yes. that's my guess that yes. not knowing what was causing these babies to not wake up. Obviously, uh, stories, that's what they're here for. They're to explain things that we can't explain. And so that's what I think. Also warning. That's what I think it is. Did you have a different guess, Isela? I mean, I think SIDS is a really valid i think it's a really valid guess for sure but yeah that's really the only reason why babies especially in the middle of the night would die but also finding them outside the crib mm-hmm. I, I i'm not going that far into it but yeah, yeah that part's weird yeah. it doesn't explain that part yeah. <laughs> that is an excellent guess because i also thought the same thing it has to to have been sids and this before they were able to explain it so this is what they came up with and that part might very well be true but over the course of a decade, Ugo Nutini, author of the book Bloodsucking Witchcraft, an epistemological study of anthropomorphic supernaturalism in rural Tlaxcala. What? I need this book. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it sounds fascinating. It does sound like an amazing book. He studied 47 of these reports. In some of the cases, he brought in a doctor to help him examine the bodies. Now, the doctors couldn't give him a definitive cause of death without an autopsy, which apparently weren't done in any of these scenarios. Mm. But the purplish bruising on the victim's body did provide a strong clue. The victims hadn't lost blood, but oxygen. Mm. Their marks were consistent with asphyxiation. <gasps> so that's its part. It, it could still very well be true, but he came up with the theory of how this actually happened. Okay, okay. 
Nuitini doesn't believe that all the deaths of these babies were deliberate. In fact, he thought most of them were probably accidental. There were some patterns that he noticed. Most of the deaths happened to children between the ages of 2 to 10 months and happened during the months of December, January, and February, which are the coldest months, mm. and June, July, and August, which are also the wettest months and also cold in Tlaxcala. I couldn't believe that June, July, and August would be cold anywhere, <laughs> but actually most months in Tlaxcala have lows in the 30s and 40s and highs in the 60s and 70s. And that's pretty much year round. And summer is rain, raining season over there. Yeah, It yeah. is. It is, yeah. yeah. Now, these temperatures are in Fahrenheit. In Celsius, the lows are in the single digits and the highs are in the teens and 20s. With those lows typically being late at night or in the morning, it wouldn't be far-fetched to think that a mother getting up to breastfeed in the middle of the night might just bring the child to the warm bed with her. Oh, If she's tired and the blankets are nice and warm and she falls asleep, she could accidentally smother the child Yeah. or the blankets could suffocate them. Yeah, that makes sense. It does. It does. Mm -hmm. It does make a lot of sense. An explanation as to why the children are always found on the floor near the door is that perhaps the mother realizes what happened and put the child there, knowing that the legend of the Tlahualpuchi states that they would be there. Just to make it clear that it was not her fault, mm -hmm. probably for fear of how her husband would react. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, throwing yeah. them off. Which would make yeah. sense going back to the machismo. It's not unheard of for, especially back in that time, for, for women to get beaten by their husbands. So, yeah. I mean, I would be fearful as well. Mm -hmm. True. Of the 47 deaths that he studied, he didn't believe all of them to have been accidents. There were a few that he thought were deliberate. Mm -hmm. A couple that he mentioned in particular was one where the husband was a laborer who spent many months away from home and there was doubt about him being the father of the child. <gasps> another was a poor family who already had multiple children and probably couldn't afford to feed another child. Yeah. Aye. That's sad. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and on that high note. <laughs> wow, though, but that's a, yeah, that's because I always thought sis, but that's also very possible accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. I had not thought about that either. Yeah. That's a good point. It makes sense. And like I said, I, I thought the same thing too. When I was reading this, I was like, it had to have been sits. But his theory does make mm -hmm. a lot of sense. And, you know, especially late at night when it's really cold. Mm -hmm. I and mean, I wouldn't want to get out of bed and put the child in a cold crib. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And especially in the middle of the night, like, you know, when you're breastfeeding, you're, so you're tired. just so tired. Oh, you don't even know God. if it's day or night. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's how I started yeah. go sleeping with my kids. I was like, I can't get back up. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I bought like a, a special uh, crib, like a bed crib. I, I, it's like this little thing that you put on the bed so the kids can sleep with you, but it has like borders and stuff. And it has like a thing so like parents can't go onto them. But yeah. Yeah, I just use no pillow and then um, like half a blanket. And that way it's no, there's like less risk of suffocation. Yeah. But because those are the biggest things. And then your hair a lot of times... I, I don't know who can sleep with their hair down. I wear, I have I a, what are they called? Oh. It's a bonnet. I wear a bonnet because they have curly mm -hmm. hair. Yeah. Um, And so my hair is all put away. But yeah, no pillow, blankets, um, and my bonnet. And it's it's safe, I would say. Um, Yeah, sounds like it. But that is a risk. Blankets, yeah. Mm -hmm. And hair. Yeah. It used to scare me. So when I was like, uh, when my babies were all newborns and even up to like one or two years, 
um, I would buy like the really cozy onesie pajamas. I'm like, that's that's your blanket. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah that's that true. And the, the little zipper ones. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep sacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I'm really jealous because I remember wearing those when I was little <laughs> and they were so comfortable. Mm-hmm. And now they still have them for adults. And that brings me to my point because I had seen them. And when they first started coming out for like adults, I kept telling my family like, oh, my God, I want one so bad. So my brother bought me one for Christmas which was really sweet. And I was like, yeah. And then I put it on, but I'm like, I'm a little tall for like a Mexican. So, so it like fit me. So my, it, I was like, aferrada. I was like so stubborn. I'm like, I'm going to wear this to sleep. My toes hurt so bad because they were like, they're smushed. Oh, it's the worst, you guys. Amazing. So I still want one. She is super Damn. tall though. She's like six feet tall. No. So when her and I hang out, no, no, no. like I feel like I'm her like her son or something <laughs> when I'm standing next to her. Uh, I, I have some friends. <laughs> no, 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 and I have that. cousins too. But uh my my friends uh from Bedesto, you know them, uh MJ, but her uh Jessica, her and her family, they're like mm-hmm. all so tall and we would visit them all the time. I was always at their house and I was mm-hmm. so short compared to all of them. At some point, the youngest sister caught up to <laughs> surpassed my height like they're all so tall uh my cousin diana (laughs) shout out to diana and my cousin pelon they're both super tall too and uh their sister dulce is is a little taller than me so she didn't get the tallness that they did but yeah they're super tall (laughs) so i always feel like (laughs) a child (laughs) (laughs) yeah everyone's (laughs) yeah it's me and my mom who are the shortest of the family like, my mom is the shortest, oh. I'm the second shortest, and then oh, everybody heck? else is, like, tall. All my aunts are, like, 6'8". Oh, uh, I mean, not 6'8", 5'8". Yeah. 5'8", and, like, 5'10". And I'm like, yeah. why did it skip us? <laughs> yeah. My uh, my Salvadoran family, we're all, like, whenever we take pictures, uh, t- we're all just the same height. Oh, like. that's cute. <laughs> and then, and my mom's taller. Not super tall, but taller, Yeah. <laughs> I jokingly tell everybody that we're our family's like mutant mexas. I'm like, we're like some kind of mutant mexa. I don't know what it is. Everybody in her family is super tall. In my family, my mom, my sister, and I were the midgets. No, I think that's like a derogatory <laughs> word now. <laughs> I know. You know what? I'm very proud to be the world's tallest midget, though. So that's something that I'm very proud of. That's funny. You'll put that as your business card. I feel bad for my children. I think they're they're both going to be short, so I'm sorry. They're going to be short kings, like their abuelito. Yeah, my son is going to be short, too. Like, I, I, the the doocy side, my Aww. husband's side is short. Because my, my, uh, my husband's uh, average height, like 5'9", but I mean, I'm like barely five feet tall. <laughs> oh, you're so, cute. Yeah, they're going to be... Uh, they're gonna be short. <laughs> yeah, and I apologize if I offended anybody by saying <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> but um yeah, this is uh, before we go, any spooky recommendations? We love to uh, recommend spooky things. So anything like any media, spooky games. We never really recommend those because I don't think either one of us are huge gamers. I even play Stardew Valley, so <laughs> Uh, I watched on Netflix 28 Days Haunted. Did you guys watch that? How was that? I've been meaning to. Oh, I watched. I almost finished it. I'm almost I'm like halfway through. (laughs) It's really interesting. I liked it a lot. It kept me very intrigued and engaged. Um, In fact, I think it was one of 
like a weekend that I just ended up banging the whole thing out. Oh. It was real. I was like, are you kidding me? Is this real? So now, okay, MJ, you're going to have to tell me when you get to the very, very end, I'm talking the last second, mm-hmm. it makes you double think a couple of things. And I was like, wait. <laughs> so it's really good. It's really Ooh, interesting. All right. How about you, Jose? Um, I haven't watched anything really spooky recently. Um, there is a movie that I saw, uh, I guess like a reaction video of online called Terrifier. It's a 2016 movie. That's the clown one. <gasps> yes, it is the clown one. Um, apparently they came out with another one this year and people are saying that they're throwing up while watching it in the movie theater. <laughs> I was oh. going to say, yeah, yeah, the, there's there's people throwing up in the no. theater. <laughs> Terrifier oh too. Yeah, so I don't know if I want to recommend it, but I mean, if people are throwing up, it does definitely sound kind of gross and spooky. <laughs> yeah, right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> I think eventually I will watch. I know Terrifier is somewhere streaming. I saw it. And I might eventually watch Terrifier too because I'm intrigued. I'm like, people are throwing up over this. I gotta. I'm curious. Yeah. It's it's caught my curiosity now. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifier, the first one is available pretty much for free on all the streaming platforms. Mm-hmm, okay, it's on the Roku channel, Tubi, okay. Crackle. I don't even think Crackle exists, but somehow <laughs> they have it streaming, and um, they have it on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it without advertisements. Okay. The second one, I don't think that one's out for streaming yet. No, not yet. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm going to watch that at some point. Uh, MJ, do you have any spooky recommendations? Um, Yes, it's spooky, but it's very much kid stuff again. Because you guys, I have I have children. I watch, they're like, they're like mini-me's. Like, so they like spooky stuff, but obviously I can't introduce them to like a lot of the horror movies. So um, me and my daughter, and it's like our mother-daughter time but we watched this show called the owl house on disney plus and i've seen parts of it and it looks like a good show yeah and it's like witches and it has like this little really adorable little demon called king and it has like magic and like spooky stuff and we just enjoy it it's such a like a family-friendly like i guess like spooky you know things but for kids and it also, I believe the lead character is, um, it's like an LGBTQ romance and it's so cute. Ooh. Oh, very cool. What? Where? Sorry, the toddler just walked in. I keep calling him the toddler, but he's four now. He just did four <laughs> last week. So I That's don't know. toddler to me. If they wear anything like tea, whatever, it, the, they're toddler. You're right. You're right. Anyway, so yeah, this is a, a good place to end because he won't stop talking about something. And now the other one's crying. What a great, yeah, what a great sign. Um, I don't have a speaker recommendation this week because they're crying. (laughs) Or else I would have one. But thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. It was an honor to be on and a privilege. It was so fun. Yeah, this was a blast. Um, Before we go, though, do you want to tell our listeners where to find you both? We're on all the platforms, any podcatcher. You can find us there, Technically a Conversation. Uh, you can also find us at technicallyaconversation.com. Yes. All right. And thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch everyone next time. Hey, shh. Espera. Uh, yes, we'll catch everyone next time. Thanks for listening and stay a spooky. Bye. 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 See if I can get Bye. 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 Bye.